You're listening to the Glenn Barrett Leadership Podcast. We know this will be an incredible resource for your life, so stay focused, listen up, and thanks for joining us. Hey folks, welcome to our Leadership Podcast today. Great to be with you. Praying for you wherever you are in the world that this season is an exciting season for you, believing that God's plans and purposes will come to pass in your life. This particular podcast is part two of a series that I'm calling Top 10 Tips in Leadership. Now, it may seem strange because the whole podcast is really geared at leaders and leadership, but I am very often asked in question and answer times, what are my top 10 tips or my top five tips for leadership? So I thought that in these two episodes, I would simply put together my top 10 tips for you. In our last episode, we looked at the first five top tips. The first one being leadership is about permission. It's about what you give authority to, to affect your life to the positive and also to the negative. The second tip is this, I've got to be me. You've got to be you. You can't be anyone else. I can't be anyone else. I've got to learn to be comfortable in my own skin. Third thing is this, I'm the leader. Leadership is about me. Leadership is about you. We can't look around hoping somebody else will stand up and bring change. You're the leader. The fourth thing is we've got to know our tribe. Know your tribe. Know who God has connected you with, whom you're meant to do life and leadership with as a tribe. The fifth top tip that we looked at last week is this. Faith is not for heroes. It's for average, ordinary, everyday people. And today we jump on to our sixth top tip. And I would encourage you, leaders, that your sixth top tip is to spend time with God. Now, I know that may seem like a little bit of a given. You listen to a Christian leadership podcast, but it is Amazing how we can fall out of the habit of spending time with God. I guess not many of us listening right now fall out of the habit of eating. We eat because we're, there's urges within us. I also want you to know that within your spirit, there's an urge within you to spend time with God. Something amazing happens when, when we spend time with God. In Luke chapter 10, we have a moment where Jesus and his disciples go around to the house of Mary and Martha. It's interesting. The Bible says that Martha opened the house to Jesus. Presumably, she was the older of the two, and presumably the responsibility fell on her shoulders to prepare for Jesus and the disciples. Jesus comes into the room and sits down. The disciples come and and the others who were hanging on. Meanwhile, we almost read into the text that that Martha is busy preparing the drinks and the food, the hors d'oeuvres and everything that according to Jewish custom, you would serve to guests who had just arrived at your house. Martha's busy preparing. Meanwhile, Mary is sitting at the feet of of Jesus listening to Jesus talk. In all honesty, 
Mary, the younger of the two, probably should have been helping Martha with all the hospitality arrangements. And Martha is rightly put out. She comes into the room and in front of everybody says to Jesus, why is it that Mary is here when she should be helping me? Tell Mary to come and help me. And Jesus replies and says this, one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is best. And what was best? Spending time with Jesus. My family, my parents are from the valleys of South Wales. I used to go down to the valleys to visit a very elderly lady. Her name was Mrs. Tim. Mrs. Tim was in her late 80s when she began to tell me this story. One time when I went to visit her in her late 80s, she opened the door and she says, Glenn, nice to see you. She said, let me make you a cup of tea. Now, Mrs. Tim was so old, she would walk with a walking frame that it took her a long time to get to the front door and would take her a long time to get to the kitchen in order to make me a drink. And so I said, Mrs. Tim, why don't I make you a drink? I went in, I made her a cup of tea and I brought her her cup of tea into the sitting room. And in her sitting room, there were two chairs. One chair was hers and the other, uh, almost like a, a wingback tapestry chair, was empty. Her husband had died many years before. I waited for Mrs. Tim and she said to me this, she said, Glenn, it's okay, you can sit in Jesus' chair. I sat in the other chair. She said to me, do you know why I call it Jesus' chair? Now, I've heard this many times before, but you don't interrupt an elderly lady when she's waxing lyrical. And so I said, tell me, Mrs. Tim. She says, well, every morning I come downstairs, I have my breakfast, I sit in my chair, and I imagine Jesus sitting in the chair that you're sitting in now. And I talk to him like he's actually there. And she said, because he is there, you know. He's everywhere. And she said, let me tell you what happened yesterday. She said, yesterday I woke up, I had breakfast, I sat in my chair, and I was talking to Jesus in his chair. And I said, Jesus, do you know something? The gas man is due at my house today, and I have to pay the gas bill. It's only 20 pounds. But there's been a delay in the pension coming into my bank account, and I don't have the money to pay the gas man today, but I know, God, that you own the cattle on a thousand hills. She said, I've never been late paying a bill before, and I don't intend to start today, so I'm asking for you to provide for me for 20 British pounds. She said, then I continue to pray and talk to the Lord and pray for the church and pray for your church, Glenn, and, and different things like this. And then she said, you're never going to guess what happened. She said, before I finished praying and said, amen, there was a knock at the door. She said, it takes me a long time to get to the front door. She said, by the time I got to the front door and opened it, there was nobody there. But she said, you know what? There was something on the floor. There was an envelope, a brown envelope. She said, I bent down to pick it up. She said, it took me a long time to get down. It took me a long time to get back up. She said, I went back to my chair. I opened the brown envelope. And she said, do you know how much money was in the envelope? I said, 20 British pounds. 
She said, don't be so silly. He's much more generous than that. There was 50 pounds in the envelope. And I love that story because it seemed so natural for Mrs. Tim to spend time with God, to share heart, to pray, to ask. Leaders, I want to say this. There is absolutely no substitute for time with God. There are many leaders who want to spend time with other great leaders and other great heroes, and that's great. But the greatest thing you can do is spend time with God. Because when you spend time with God, you get creative ideas, God can speak, and it's amazing the doors that can unlock in your life because you spent time with the Lord. My seventh top tip for leadership is this, is it's important to know your story. Know your story. We have a moment in John chapter 9, verse 25, where we see that there was a man who was born blind. Jesus comes into the scene and Jesus heals him of being blind. The religious leaders who were around, always trying to trap Jesus out, were mad. They were incensed with the fact that Jesus had done this miracle at this time. They brought the blind man in and started to question the blind man. They started to say things about Jesus being a sinner, uh, that he was an evildoer and that he shouldn't have done it. And really trying to trap the blind man who could now see into a corner And the blind man replies with these words in John 9, verse 25. The blind man replied, whether Jesus is a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I can see. And I really love that because the blind man, or now the not blind man, refused to get engaged in conversation that he did not know about. But what he did know about was his story. He knew that he was blind. He knew that he hadn't seen. And he knew that this man, Jesus Christ, healed him and now he could see. And I think it's so important for us as leaders to know our story. There are many, many questions that I don't have the answer to. Often, I don't know why it feels like God is ignoring our prayers. I can hypothesize an answer. There are many scientific questions I don't have the answers to. Ethical, moral, and spiritual questions. Uh, There's a lot that I don't know. But I'm not defined by what I don't know. I'm defined by what I do know. I know my story. I know what God did in my life when I was 12. And I want to say this to you right now, that your story is indisputable. It's undeniable. Science can't dispute it. Philosophers can't talk you or I out of it. Religion, at its worst, can't kill it. Because I was dead and now I can see. Or in the words of the blind man, I don't know what you're saying, folks, but one thing I do know, God came through for me.
So I want to encourage you to know your story. It's the whole 10, 11 second pitch idea that if you are in an elevator with somebody and you are trying to pitch a business idea to them, if you can't do it in 10, 11, 12 seconds, then you have not thought yourself clear. And I wonder for you, what would you say if somebody said to you, why are you a Christian? Why do you believe in God? And in a business and church context, why do you run that business? Why do you lead that church? Why do you live like you do? It's important to know our story. The eighth top tip that I have is this. Finance. Understanding healthy finance. I think it's so important. You know, they say that in the United Kingdom, by the time we graduate from college and university, we've been through 16,000 hours or thereabouts of formal education. And isn't it amazing how in education we're taught physics and chemistry, algebra. Some of that stuff we may never use ever again. We're taught grammar, spelling, reading. But how much time was ever really spent teaching us about money? The reality is this, is that in the United Kingdom, for example, they say that 60% of marriages that end in divorce do so because of money problems. The statistics on mental ill health regarding mounting personal debt is astronomical. We know, of course, about suicides because people's lives are financially out of control and we see personal debt increasing all the time. I really want to encourage you to spend the time, the energy, to understand how money works. There are many courses that you can access online. There are many books that you can read. But friend, I just want you to know and remind you that we don't become good at budgeting just because we stumble into it. We have to be intentional in life to understand how money works. Certainly when it comes to church life, we made a decision as a local church many, many years ago that we were going to be as intelligent as possible on the issue of finance. So as a local church, as an example, we break up our finances into percentages. 10% of the money that comes into the local church, we sow into mission. 10% goes into savings. 10% goes into blessing others, helping the vulnerable. 20% goes into venue costs, 30% goes into salaries, 20% goes into other ministry costs, and that in entirety makes the 100%. Understanding how money works and how to best budget can really release you as a leader into greater measures of influence. Understanding the nature of good debt and bad debt. Understanding how to get out of debt when debt exists. And I want to say this to every leader in debt right now. It is possible to live your life without bad debt. Short-term loans, 
credit cards that charge exorbitant amounts of interest. Friend, it is one of the most freeing things in the world to live without debt crippling you, crippling your leadership, hampering your creative thinking. My wife and I are soon to celebrate 25 years of marriage. And I've got to be honest, there have been many times in the last 25 years when our income was very, 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 very small. We would go grocery shopping weekly to a supermarket with a calculator and a budget of 20 British pounds that we would have to feed ourselves on as a couple for the entire week. And we had many times and seasons when things have been like that. But even with little money, we learnt about money and made a decision that we were not going to allow debt to hamper our progress. And friends, I want you to know that I have seen it in our church, people with amazing, vast amounts of debt who are now living debt-free and not because their income increased, but because they learnt how to manage finance. Please, learn to manage finance, or your finance will manage you. My ninth top tip is this. Laugh at yourself. I think we've all got to bring a lot more merriment to society. Things are so serious, aren't they? When we read the news, the newspapers, we go online, we read about the things that are taking place in society. It's amazingly serious. But to actually learn to enjoy life, what a gift that is. I don't know if you realize this, but the Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy. Did you know in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have life to the full. Did you know the Bible says, a merry heart does good like medicine. And I think that sometimes in the seriousness of life, it's just great to learn to laugh at ourselves. I can tell you about the times when in one particular conference, I fell off the stage while I was communicating to thousands of people in an arena. I fell off the stage. What could I do? The only thing I could do was laugh. I can tell you about a time when I was in a prayer meeting before a church service, and I was thinking about what I was speaking on that night and wasn't really thinking about the prayer meeting. I started to sing hum a tune. And then I started to sing. Meanwhile, this prayer gathering is happening and I'm not thinking about what I'm humming. I'm not thinking about what I'm singing because I'm thinking about what I'm going to be speaking about later on in that church service. And then I noticed that the prayer gathering went incredibly quiet. I opened one of my eyes. I opened two eyes and people were looking at me and laughing. And it turned out that in the middle of the prayer meeting at our church, I was singing at the top of my voice, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. What can you do apart from laugh? Friend, I think it's really important to attach your lives with people who can help you to laugh and truly enjoy life. 
my last top tip, which should also be my first top tip and should also be key in every other tip that I've given is this. Remember this. God is God. In 2 Peter 3 verse 8, it says this, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. Why do I say that? It's because I think sometimes we get frustrated and disappointed because it doesn't feel like God is moving at the speed we would want him to move. What does the verse say? A day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. It's crazy. Maybe there's a sense where when God says to you, wait a minute, that what we need is a little bit more clarity. Does he mean our minute or his minute? Because a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. Remember, God is not a man, woman, that we can twist his arm and make him do what we want him to do. He's sovereign. He's supreme. He's good. He's wonderful. He's magnificent. God is God. And I want to conclude with Psalm 100 from the Message Translation. On your feet now, applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourself into his presence. Know this, God is God. And God, God. He made us. We didn't make him. We are his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise, thank him, worship him, for God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and forever. Thank you for listening to this Glenn Barrett Leadership Podcast. For more information, visit us online at audaciouschurch.com.